Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Emily and Amber. You know, it was like singing that song. It was like taking us through everything the Lord's taught us all weekend, right? I mean, just awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I love I love that. Those new hymns that are being written by people in the church, this generation, that are just full of truth, you know? Sometimes even when you don't know what else to say, what else to pray, you can just start singing some of those truths, you know, and just declaring them out, and it's good. Well, we kind of alluded to this last night, but last night it was still last night, and we still had time here, but this morning, it really is this morning, and the the time is ticking, and our little bit of heaven is going away, right? But that's all right, because we know we've got an eternity of heaven in front of us, right? Yep, of all of it, and so that's good, and I just want to tell you, this has been a a wonderful weekend. It really has. And on Thursday night, I really challenged you to jump in with everything you have. And ladies, you have done that. You have invested. You have dug deep. You have pressed in. You have shared with one another. I've seen so many of you stepping outside of what's comfortable and what you're used to. And, and just seeing God work in surpassingly powerful ways because we all have you know, his treasure inside of us. And, and I just hope this is, the weekend has been a blessing to you. This morning we're going to uh, move on to victory and, and really talk about how can we carry home with us, you know, what God has been doing in each one of us this weekend. And it's different for each of us. But before we do that, I just personally want to say a big thank you to our staff that has worked so hard. But incredible willingness to serve. And you know, we are a nonprofit parachurch ministry. That means we're kind of at the bottom of the barrel, right? You know? And so we rely on we rely on on volunteers to serve. There's no way that we can do the things that God is calling us to do without volunteers who will serve and not just show up for a time slot, but I'm talking big time investment, like take a week off of work have to, you know, totally rearrange their home life. And, you know, they've been working for months before they ever got here and served and, um, you know, all of that. And, and I, I just can't even, I don't have words to express how grateful I am for for Julie B and Julie H and Nicole and then also Amber and Emily um, stepping in um, and Rachel and just amazing, amazing things. So, I mean, when we give a gift, it doesn't even touch the level of what they've done. And we know that. But what it is, is just a way, a way to say thank you. And so, um, first, Amber and Emily, just want to grace. Where are you at? Yeah. Oh, where'd you go? Okay. Amber. Just so thank you. Just love Amber. And Emily, thank you. You guys have brought in a new dimension this year, and it's been so good, so rich for, for us to have that. And Julie being, um, Rachel, can you come here? <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. just want to thank you guys. Prayer leading at one of our BBS events, but 
just have a joy, you guys. I mean, yeah. your spirits and your hard work, and you don't stop, and 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 you do things with excellence, and and in ways that you guys will never even see, things that they've done, and so just so so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Travel in this little group called Young Faith when we were teenagers. Too. Now we have yeah. older faith. Older faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've known each other since we were girls, and to be, you know, in our early 50s now and get to do ministry, Julie has so many gifts of just service and beauty that she touches things, and I'm just so grateful and love you. That's right. Just takes on something and owns it, you know? And it is total joy to work with someone that does that and that has the gifting and the sweetness and the firmness like they talked about this morning. Yeah, she can be sweet, but she's like, she's going to get it done, right? And there's no way we can have Bob Bob get away without somebody like her at the helm. Um, Because a lot of it was stuff from just years gone by, but I mean, these are fresh years yes. gone by, like not 10 years ago. Thank you. Yes. That's so awesome. I love it. I love it. And we'll put the third one in. Yeah. Thank you. So thoughtful. Yeah. Part of, um, she was saying that this is a hand me down from one of you in here. So I love hand me downs from my girlfriend, Kelly. She gave me a big old bin of stuff the other day, and it was so fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll just pass it down the line. We'll just pass it down the line. So, well, it's victory to work with people like that. And I know you guys know that because all of you serve in different ways. And when you work with people that you enjoy, that you love, where they take ownership and, and do the thing, and to get to do ministry together, God calls us to do ministry together. And it's just beautiful. So, I've loved seeing some of your friendships that you have made this weekend and also the ones that you came with last night. Or yesterday, after we were taking the picture, I saw Terry and Carrie and Andy out there just hugging on each other and getting a picture with this awkward, weird hug, but it was beautiful all at the same time. And I loved it. I thought, isn't that great to have such rich relationships, you know, in the body of Christ? So I know you've experienced that this weekend, too. But I want us to go back. We're just going to talk for a few minutes because we don't have long this morning to talk about victory. But remember on Thursday night, we started in Matthew 7 at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And the result was that when Jesus had finished these words, the multitudes were amazed at his teaching. God began our conversation about eternity on Thursday night with a question based on these verses, where are you building? And I hope you've been engaged with him all weekend. I think that all of us have. Are you building on the sand or are you building on the rock? And we've been pondering that question and we've been talking about it and searching it out and digging into God's word and trying to lay those things alongside our lives and go, where am I really building? And comparing our lives like he said for us to do. Because we know the right answer, right? We said that on Thursday. We knew the answer before we even dug in. The answer is it's best to build on the rock of Christ for eternity. Jesus is always the right answer. But sometimes we can be like my son and my nephew. We know what the truth is, and yet we do something else, and we hope that we're going to get a different outcome. Sometimes we can be like that. We can know it's best to build on the rock and yet keep building on the sand. Now, for a sandcastle, the loss isn't really great, right? I mean, a day's work, and, and it's okay. There's nothing really that you're losing if it's just a sandcastle. But for our lives, it would be tragic to miss the eternity God has for us. I mean, did that movie not, you know, show us that last night? You know, that day when Jesus was teaching after he was finished, verse 28 tells us the multitudes were amazed at his teaching. Now, I hope as he has been teaching you this weekend and he's been having a conversation with you that you've been amazed at some of the things that he has said to you. But I will tell you this. If you really want to build on the rock, you've got to do more than be amazed at what he says. Crowds and multitudes can be amazed. But Jesus was looking for people who would actually hear what he said and then do it. Actually hear what he said and live it. How can we have victory in doing that? Right? Because we all come up with the greatest of intentions and then we want to leave and we want to live in that victory. How can we make sure that our spiritual vision stays clear? That we always remember the treasure we have inside of our vessel for whatever God calls us to do. And that we know how to value things in God's kingdom appropriately. Calling what he calls is greater than and calling what he says is less than as less than. How do we have victory in that? Now what does victory mean? Does that mean that you get it right every single time and if you ever mess up, your victory is gone? Is that, is that what it means? I don't think so. I mean, look at what we saw of Paul last night. He said, not that I've already obtained it, but I'm pressing on. I, I, I know it's out there. I'm still struggling over here in the sand, sometimes picking up a shovel, but my vision is headed in this direction. He said, not that I've already obtained it. I press on that I might reach the high call. What is that high call? I believe it's a call toward eternity life. A call toward living in that depth and breadth of relationship that God calls us into. Living in that um, rich substance of being, an infinite extent of life and glory that weighs far more than what we can imagine or contain. I believe that's what he was called to. You know, yes, he was called to ministry, but he was called first into relationship with Jesus. That's what it really all comes down to. And every one of us have gotten that invitation. 
We live in this world, we live in this world, but God is calling us to build somewhere else. And part of the good news of Jesus is that he is full of grace and forgiveness. So you mess up sometimes, right? We mess up. We're going to get the world and eternity mixed up sometimes. That's, that's just the way it is. Even amidst this weekend, being in the word, I've gotten it mixed up sometimes. And probably you have too. But like Paul, victory is when we don't say, oh well. But we keep on and we keep pressing on. That's part of victory. Look at this passage again with me in Matthew 7. There's a word here that I want us to see. It's in verse 25. It said, The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and burst against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. Your version might say something different. This one says, founded. Whatever word you've got there, it was um, translated from the Greek word, thamilio. Thamilio, it's hard to say, but it's spelled T H E. M-E-L-I-O-O. -O. If you write that out, you're going to see a word in there, an English word, and it's the word theme, okay? Now, the word, the definition of the word is it means to make stable upon or to lay the foundation of. So your, your house is being laid upon the foundation. You're, you're finding your life upon the foundation of Christ. But, you know, a lot of our English words really have their roots in these original languages of Greek and Latin and these things. And so sometimes you can look at one of those Greek or Latin or whatever words and you go, oh, that's where we got so-and-so, right? And as I was looking at that word and I saw the word theme and I was like, I, I was just kind of talking to the Holy Spirit about that. And I just sensed he put his stamp on that, like, yeah, that's it. It is the, the idea of foundation. It is the idea of, you know, laying and building upon but I, I think we'll be able to grab hold of it even a little more if we think of it as theme, right? It's a theme that runs through our life. It doesn't mean we get it right all the time. We do live in this world. We're going to get these things mixed up. But overall, it's the theme of how we do life. It's the theme of how we look at things. It's the theme of how, of how we look at ourselves. It's the theme of how we value things. And more and more, it, it becomes more of the theme. It's kind of like when somebody starts to um, like a certain thing, maybe they start collecting it. They have a little bit of it at first, and they start putting it around their house. And then before long, they're known by that thing, right? And so, and, it, and sometimes that kind of goes negative for us. It's like maybe, maybe we liked something at 20 years ago, and then we have this, maybe our mother-in-law or whatever thinks you always like that. And so she keeps buying you the same thing over and over because she thinks it's the theme of your life. And, and, but the idea is that it starts small, but it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Well, that's the way it is with Christ. You know, we start into this relationship and this theme begins building. And so the theme should be getting more and more and more and more pronounced in your life the further on you're moving on toward this call of this upward call in Christ Jesus. When, the, when eternity, that, that idea of the height and breadth and depth of relationship with God and the expanse of things, the bigness of God, you know, settling itself into my life to move through me and work through me. When that's the theme of my life, I'm always making effort to establish my life and build my life upon that. I'm going to make mistakes, but it's the foundation of who I am and the theme of my days and my nights, my every moment is taking over more and more of my life. And I can measure that by my vision by my vessel and by my value. It's a way for me to say, is that really the theme of my life? Or am I just a church-going girl who maybe, you know, wears a little Christian jewelry or something, you know? 
Anybody can be amazed at Jesus. Lots of people are amazed at Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's something altogether different to find your life in Christ. I told you we have, you know, our, our cherished ministry. It's one of three missions in our Living Light um, mission outreach. But we were talking. Uh, I don't go on outreach with that team anymore. We've grown leadership and, and all of that. And, you know, there's just only so many hours in a day. And so God's raised up some leaders in that. But I try to visit with them and, and go on outreach every now and then. And I did a couple, a uh, few weeks ago I went with them. And it's always good. It renews my passion for what they're doing. And um, all that. So, but at the conversation that night at, at our team meeting, we were talking about how we have conversations with the girls when we go in the clubs and the things that are said. And you know, we're always pressing toward that that goal of being able to sit down with them and and really be able to share Christ with them. Because when you go into a strip club, I mean, it's not like you can stand there and really share the gospel in the middle of that. Sometimes you are given the opportunity. Sometimes it happens outside the club in the parking lot, and we get to pray over a girl. I mean, that happened that night when I went on outreach. This girl came running out. She wanted one of our gift bags, and we literally 2 a.m. in the morning stood out in the parking lot and praying over this girl. It was beautiful. But we were talking about how in the South, the further you get South, and if you've ever lived deep South, and I have, I've lived deep Alabama, you know, Christian and Jesus and all of that, it's just really part of the culture. And so everybody kind of thinks they love Jesus and all of that. But they're just, a lot of times, they're just part of the crowd. Oh, I love Jesus. Well, that we were talking about how we really have to differentiate that for the girls that we're trying to minister to. And they were saying, yeah, one night we were, we were standing there praying for one of the strippers. And, I mean, she had these big old Jesus diamond earrings on, you know. And she's amazed at Jesus, but Jesus is not the theme of her life. And we're not just pointing at girls who are, you know, strip, strippers in a strip club. I mean, that can be anyone. I mean, you can have an amazement with Jesus and be in church every Sunday but not be finding your life upon Jesus. And so we don't want to be one of these people. If we're thinking of victory here, we don't want to be just this, oh, I had such a good time this weekend. I'm amazed at Jesus. I love what he does. But then we just go back to digging, right? We want to be focused, and we want to have our eyes and our vision, our vessel, our values in the right, in the right place. It's not perfection, but it's the theme, a theme of eternity in Christ. So I want us to go to 2 Corinthians 4. I told you we're going to make it through the whole chapter, and we are going to do that with these last three verses that you're absolutely familiar with right now, right? So if you didn't think you could do that at the beginning of the weekend, look what God has done. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And if you're not finished, keep working on it as you go home and keep, keep reviewing it. Um, let, let's just say them all together. Go as far as you can. If you need to look at the card, that's fine too. But therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. That's awesome. That's just so good. We do not lose heart. These verses are your victory verses, girls. That's why you need to know them. They really take the whole of 2 Corinthians 4 and just put it right down into a manageable thing that you can just have with you at all times. These verses will ensure that Jesus is the continual theme being written in your life. And we've been saying them and talking about them all weekend, but we're going to look at each one just real quickly. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Verse 16, that is victory. 
never losing heart. Why? Because your vision is clear. If your vision is clear, you will never lose heart. Spiritual vision of Christ and what he has done and the victory that he has that we get to join in on. We know that we've got a treasure inside of us. There's victory in that. We see these. We don't lose heart because we see these things. We know that all things get raised to life when Jesus touches them. So we count differently and we value things differently. Though outwardly we are wasting away. And we're all wasting away in different ways, right? Whether it's physically, and we're all doing that. If you're over 20, you're already on the downward spiral. I hate to inform you of that, but that is the, that is the truth. <laughs> and so um, some of us are a lot further along on that downward spiral physically, but it's coming for you too, you know? I remember looking at people who are 40 and going, you are so old. And now I'm 51 almost, you know? So, but I'm going to live forever. So I've learned to say I'm very, very young, right? But this is wasting away physically. There are other things in my life that have not stayed the same. And the older you get, you realize that too. Life changes. And even the best things that you want to hold on to, they don't stay the same. They're wasting away those things. But the victory comes in knowing that inwardly, I'm being renewed. If somebody could see the inside of me, you know, I, I say sometimes, boy, I'd love to have my 20-year-old body back, but I want the inside to be like it is now, you know, this age, because God has renewed me so much. And so it's like this opposite thing happening. On the outside, it's wasting. On the inside, it's getting better and better and better. And that's victory. Sometimes we have to believe that by faith, and we have to press into that. Victory is really us knowing this truth and then cooperating with this truth living this truth. That's the victory. Knowing it is one thing. Living it is something altogether different. How does he renew us? We've talked about that a lot this weekend, you know. Sometimes he shows up in our car and just pours out his glory and gives us the forgiveness that we couldn't have like Rebecca shared, you know. Sometimes he gives us a comfort and holds us like Nobody else can. Nobody can touch it. Sometimes he enlightens our minds with knowledge that we wouldn't know. Right? Sometimes he shows us what's coming we, that nobody else would be aware of, but we have a knowing that we know that we know because the Holy Spirit showed up and he gave us that confidence. He gives us confidence. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. Those are only things that he can manufacture. You can't buy them anywhere. He renews us. He does it on the inside of us. His light shines. We want to give you a candle to put inside of your jar, okay? I mean, it's just a little candle. Uh, you might want to replace it with another, but it's representative of that no matter what you're in, there's always this light shining. What do we say, or not we say, God said in Psalm 139, the darkness is not dark to you because the light is always shining, right? Darkness is not dark to God because he doesn't even know dark, really. I mean, he does because he's all-knowing, but there is no darkness with God. And so we need to know that there's always this light inside of our vessel. So I'm just going to pass that around. Andy, you can take one and just pass those around. Make sure you get one and put that inside your, can inside your holder. And just know and light that sometimes. And read those prayers and talk through them and, and have that victory. The treasure of God inside of you will do amazing things, renewing you day by day. Sometimes moment by moment moment. You know, Jesus is called the great I am, which means he's the self-existent one. But you know, somebody, I heard somebody say recently, I was listening to a podcast, he said, he's the great I am, and it's like, I am blank. <laughs> 
Like when he introduced himself to Moses, Moses like would have been taking notes saying, God said, I am. And he's like waiting like, you are. What? <laughs> Fill in the blank. But you know what? It means that he's a self-existent one. But what it also means for us in that is that he can fill in the blank. What is your need today? How do you need him to shine through you? How do you need him to shine in you? He, he will be all of that because he's everything. And he renews you. And that, that's why we don't lose heart. I mean, I know you got stories. We, we shared a lot of them yesterday. And there's hundreds more, I'm sure. Share those on the way home this today as you're riding together renew and let the holy spirit work through you to help help that renewal take place you know he keeps us renewed he keeps us ready for this life that we're going to live forever what did he do for the children of israel he made sure for 40 years that their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out and they always fit that doesn't even make sense now i would have gotten tired of wearing the same thing over and over but at least they would have worked right and so in the same way he keeps us renewed this is the inside's not wasting away. God knows how to keep things together and hold things and keep them the way that they need to be. And such a gift to have that on the inside of ourselves. Anybody can dress up the outside, but what's going on on the inside? Victory is in living in that renewal day by day. That's why we don't lose heart because we know the inside's not wasting away. What really matters is not. And verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, an eternal victory, we could say, that far outweighs them all. Victory is being able to look at the situations in your life as light and momentary. Whether or not it's some huge catastrophe or whether it's not, or not it's, I am so stressed right now. I've got too much on my plate to do today. My kids are driving me nuts. My husband's getting on my nerves. There's victory in that. When we can look at those things and go, light, momentary, because I've got a vision beyond these things. The Lord has taught me a phrase that I say, well, this is going to pass. This is not going to last forever. Press through it, you know? It, it, it's, it's just not. And sometimes it's all about how we look at it. They're all light and momentary in view of eternity. I'm not going to have to deal um, with that one day in heaven, but that's not, that's not what makes them light and momentary. Sometimes we just want to push it off to heaven and go, oh, this is driving me nuts. And we still act like a brat here and just think, one day I'm not going to have to deal with that. But that's not victory. Victory is being able to be in the moment of that thing and go, that is light. That really doesn't matter right now. And be able to be whole and healthy and strong because of what God's doing on, on the inside of us and allow us with his surpassing power to, to deal with that. The only reason we can see anything that way is because God has cleared our vision and we see, we see beyond. So they achieve for us an eternal glory. So we get to start living in the glory of God, of having self-control, of having peace in the middle of circumstances that are hard, of having hope, of having joy. We get to live in that glory of God. And what happens is we get so, when, we're, when our vision is clear, we get so captivated by what God's showing us that it, these things are so light and so insignificant. And we realize that's just a blip of time on this eternal time frame that we're going to actually live in. It's not just about a glory that will last forever. It's about a glory that I also live in right now. And it's a glory we can't even imagine, but God wants us to experience at least some of it now. 
He, what, is, what does he say? He says, I has not seen nor ear heard the glory that God has prepared for those who love him. What does he say? And Paul, Paul says this. He says, God will do more than we can ask, imagine, or think. It's all these things about eternity, that big life that God has for us. It's a very heavy thing that God's going to do. Heavy not in a negative way, heavy in a, in a good way, right? Heavy like, wow, this is awesome. So we fix our eyes on that, and that's what the next victory is, that we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. This is not the only place in Scripture where we're told to fix our eyes. Those of you who are at Fall Bible Getaway in 2014, our whole weekend was about fixing our eyes, right, from Hebrews. And, and so this is, this is a common theme in Scripture, to be able to look in the place that God is directing our eyes. Jesus said, if your eyes clear, your whole body's going to be filled with light. And that's why we started with the word vision, and it starts that way in 2 Corinthians 4, because really all of these words build on vision. You cannot see your vessel correctly with the surpassing power of greatness on the inside of you if your vision is not clear. You cannot count correctly if your vision is not clear. So it always goes back to vision. And that's why on your boards that you made with the, with the vessel, you've got to have that vision tag first. Because if the vision's not there, you'll never have the victory. Okay? We fix our eyes not on what is seen. Sometimes we want to see, don't we? We want to be able to see it. God's telling us right here, you're not always going to see it. You're going to see it by faith. So we need to be okay with that if we can't see it. What can we see? The eternal true God who's invited us into an eternal relationship with him. We've got clear vision of him. We can't see always what he's doing, what his plan is. He, it's his choice. He's God. Would I do it differently? Probably so. But if I was God, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. But he's God. So we let him do it the way he wants. And he doesn't always show us. He doesn't always show us. But he always shows us himself. We can always look at him. So if we, if we want to see something, fix our eyes on him. Get our vision clear in the way that he corrects it by putting our eyes on Jesus. Then we see God and we get that clear vision even if we don't understand everything else that is going on. We can have eternal, eternal vision because our life has a theme of eternity running through it. And that's what victory is. Victory life is having clear vision, for eternity to build there. Victory life is having a clear vision of I see God, so I see me, my vessel correctly. Vision is now I see the world and its treasures and I look at them as greater than and less than in the same way that God does. I'm willing to pick up the hard things realizing he's going to give me life. It's a life of eternal victory and the way we do it is through verses 16, 17, and 18. They are our victory verses. I hope you brought your victory tag with you this morning. Where, where do we put those? Okay. Yeah, if you have not yet put a little sticky note on your tag with your name on it, please just raise your hand and Nicole's going to bring you one. Okay? And then, um, where's Julie Haynes? Can you grab a bowl real quick? Oh, you do? Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. Okay, if you've got your tag, just put it in here. Make sure that that, that seal on the sticky note is down on it really good. Yeah, just put your name on the victory tag. Put it in here. Okay. Yeah. Thank you.
Okay. All right. Let me, let me explain to you what we're going to do, if you can just kind of stay quiet. So, all weekend, we've been writing our own prayers on these cards. You wrote your own prayer to the Lord about your vision, your vessel, your value, and now here we have all these victory tags. And what we're going to do is pass these around. Amber's going to play for a little bit as we're doing this, and we're going to write one last prayer but you're not going to write the victory prayer for yourself. You know, sometimes we need to know that other people are praying for us too. And we want to encourage ourselves to remember to pray for one another, some of the things that have been shared. And sometimes when we're back home on our own, we're going to need to know that, hey, somebody went before the throne of God and prayed this for me, and I'm going to join in on that prayer, and that will be a two or three are gathered, right, kind of prayer, even in the middle when we might be all by ourselves. So what we want to do is you're going to get, Nicole, i still got a couple up here too. We're going to pass this around again, and you want to take, um, thanks, you want to take one of the cards, just make sure you don't get your own, and as you're pulling it out, do it gently so that you don't accidentally yank somebody's sticky note off, okay? And what we want to encourage you to do is write a prayer on the back of their card for that person for a victory in regards to eternal things, in regards to their vision their vessel, their value. Maybe use some of those words. One of the main things you want to do is make sure that you include their name in the prayer, okay? Write their name in the prayer. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to, you know, it's, you've only got a little small place, but just think of it as you're praying for that person. As you write, just be uttering this prayer to the Lord for this person to have victory of building in eternity, all right? And after you do that, I'll explain then what we're going to do with those cards to close ourselves out, okay? Just make sure that you actually write their name in the prayer itself, okay? Amber's already written one, and um, her, you put yours in here, right, Amber? Okay, so it should all work out just fine. I'm going to take one, too. Let's just take about five minutes to do this. 